Thank you for calling GayWire. Your call is very important to us. Press 1 for fourth wave feminism. Press 2 for a strangely in-depth discussion about where the worms have gone. Press 3 for... You have chosen option 3. Please stay on the line. Thanks for choosing option 3. You've reached Gaywire, where everything's at least a little bit queer. From CJSR 88.5 FM in so-called Edmonton on Treaty 6 territory. I'm Shayna Giles, and my pronouns are they, them. As I'm sure you've noticed, we're well into Pride Month by now. Last week we heard from Riley Laurel, a non-binary boudoir photographer, And this week, we're going to keep that gender theme rolling with a special crossover interview, because June is not only Pride Month, but also National Indigenous History Month. So I wanted to put more of a spotlight on Indigenous gender identities, and more specifically, on Two-Spirit people. Some of you may already know, but I'm also the host of another CJSR show, Achimawin, where I look into recent news stories and interviews about issues and topics related to Edmonton's First Nations, Métis, and Indigenous communities. On Achimwin, I recently featured a two-part interview with Cheyenne Miko Kihu, the community liaison for the Edmonton Two-Spirit Society, and in the second part of the interview, we talked all about what it means to be Two-Spirit, how local Edmonton businesses can show support for Two-Spirit people, And Cheyenne was very open and willing to speak with me about their journey to understand themselves as Two-Spirit. Well, there's no such thing as too much understanding when it comes to the queer community, so I figured, hey, some of y'all might want to hear this too. So this week's Gaywire interview is with Cheyenne Miko Kihu, the community liaison for the Edmonton Two-Spirit Society, to give a bit of an insight into Two-Spirit identities. So my name is Cheyenne Megokeheo. Um, I use they, them, or she, her pronouns. Uh, and I'm from Edmonton, or, you know, it's colonially known as Edmonton. Um, uh, and I am the community liaison for the Edmonton Two-Spirit Society. How long have you been involved in the Edmonton Two-Spirit Society? And, and what has that experience been like for you? So I'm still fairly new with the organization. Um, The organization started in 2018 um, and I started in February. So it's only been a couple of months that I've been directly involved with the organization. Uh, But I've had a lot of acquaintances and friends that have been involved with with the org. And so I've um, kind of had familiarity with them for a few years. Um, So even though I've only been with them since February, I have found it to be like just an overwhelmingly positive experience. Um, It's like really emotional actually when I talk about my job and um, how lucky and privileged I feel to have this role because it's connecting me to my culture in a way that I've kind of always longed for. 
uh, I grew up not on reserve. I grew up as an urban Indian, as some people call them, um, but like an urban indigenous person. And so I grew up outside of my culture and like we would go to round dances or powwows, but um, you know, I didn't grow up on the land. I don't know how to hunt. I don't know much about ceremony. We didn't get rites of passage ceremonies or naming ceremonies growing up. Um, and so these are things that I now have access to. Um, and I mean, they, they were there for me prior to me starting this job, but um, the shift has been, uh, I don't I don't really have the words to, to describe it, honestly, how positive it's been in my life um, and just how beautiful it is to connect to other two-spirit people around Turtle Island who are also kind of in a similar position of like reconnecting and figuring out what that's going to look like for them. And so um, it's been great. I'm, I'm proud of my job. I love the work that we do and uh, it's only going to get better from here with the work that we have planned. So. So by this point, we might have some listeners who vaguely know what two-spirit means, or this might be their first time really hearing from a two-spirit person. Uh, what does it mean to identify as two-spirit? That's a great question because um, a lot of people ask that. That's probably the, the biggest question that I get asked on a day-to-day -day basis. Of like, well, what does this even mean? Um, and the answer is uh, pretty complex. I don't know that I'm going to give you a straight answer that you're necessarily going to like. Um, but so the gist of like a two-spirit person is an Indigenous tradition that um, basically recognizes folks that are outside of the binary. Uh, so two-spirit people generally transcend male or female. Uh, they might walk somewhere in between or have a whole separate gender or sexual um, identity altogether. Um, and generally two-spirit people prior to colonization were seen as um, quite special to their communities. Uh, we held, and I mean, I, I, I guess I should preface this by saying that I'm not a knowledge carrier. I'm not, I'm not an elder um, and I'm still new in my learning, uh, but for two-spirit people, um, they are, they were, they were, people that held special roles in their society and in their nation. And so each nation is gonna have a different term for what a two-spirit person is. Um, in my language, uh, in Nehya Win or the Cree language, uh, we actually have eight terms for gender. So we have your typical, you know, male or man, woman, but then we also have um, six other genders. And each of those genders has their own teachings, their own roles and responsibilities uh, and ways that they interact with their community and the society. Um, and so these folks were special and loved and cared for. And it was just a normal part of our society that we had folks that transcended the like gender binary um, and that were like sexually diverse. But then colonization happened and colonization really did not understand these folks. So when they arrived on Turtle Island uh, and they saw folks um, living their best lives and uh, their minds couldn't really handle that. And so um, they needed to uh, label these folks. And so there was, um, as I mentioned, there's different language have different terms for gender diverse and sexually diverse people. Um, but um, colonizers just kind of labeled us with a really bad term um, and the term is burdash. And so that's not a term that we no longer use. It's negative, it's a, it's a slur, it's derogatory. Um, and it really is just like uh, a feminine person. It, it's, it has no real cultural weight or bearing to it. 
Um, and so with colonization, there was this really big push towards homophobia and uh, push away from our two-spirit kin. And that led to an erasure of our people. So there's not a lot of written history as far as I'm aware around two-spirit people specifically. Um, and the, the term two-spirit is a fairly new term. It was only developed in the 90s, like the early 90s, uh, when a lovely elder named Myra had a vision in a pipe ceremony. And I might be butchering part of this, um, this story. As I, as I said, I'm still in my learning, um, but it was in the 90s, they had a conference um, and they, they took this term and it was agreed upon by a bunch of our uh, two-spirit elders who are at the top of our resurgence movement, not that it's a hierarchy or anything, but um, they're kind of like the leaders in the resurgence movement. And so it was uh, determined that this would be a term that we would use to erase the ugliness of Burdash and all the other slurs that are used for our community. So um, two-spirit people are gender diverse, they're beautiful, they have um, a special place in our communities, and now it's just about finding out what that place is and how that relates to contemporary society. So a uh, complex answer, uh, and depending on who you're talking to, uh, they might tell you something totally different. Um, but generally, two-spirit people are Indigenous, gender, and or sexually diverse individuals. So you identify as two-spirit. What has that journey of self-discovery been like for you? <laughs> um, I feel like I'm just still so deep in that journey that I just like it's hard to answer that. Um, so I've like I've always been queer. Um, I remember my sisters calling me Dyke when I was growing up, and like at that, I was like young, like you know, under ten at least. Um, and so how did you know something that I didn't know? Uh, and I was the tomboy at that point, so I was clearly already rejecting gender roles. And um, right from a very age, I kind of knew I didn't want children. I always knew there was something a little bit different. Um, and at 14 is kind of when I officially like came out. I, I did, it was a gradual progression. I didn't have some big thing. Um, I think I remember sitting my biological mom down and being like, hey, I, I think I like girls. And her being like, you have sunshine girls on your wall. So obviously you do. Um, and realizing, oh, okay. So like my family is safe for me to talk about diversity. And um, that's something that I really appreciate because we have a long complicated history with my family. And so feeling like I had support uh, from a young age around um, being sexually diverse was, was really awesome. Uh, and so being Two-Spirit, that was this, such a new journey for me. I came out as Two-Spirit in about 2018, somewhere around there. So when I came out as Two-Spirit, uh, I honestly didn't really know what it meant. <laughs> I had no idea. Uh, I was in university and I was hearing a lot of conversation about Two-Spirit. And I spent most of my time at McEwen um, in Kiowas Easton, the... Um, uh, Eagle's Nest. Yeah, yeah. Spending it in the education center. Uh, and I developed a family there. And like, really, that's where I started to get connected to my culture. I was able to sit in ceremony and get my ceremonial name. Um, and then my ceremonial name I actually took as my last name. So Miko Kihu, uh, which means Blood Eagle, um, was part of my ceremonial name. My ceremonial name came with Esqueo at the end, uh, which I tend not to use because it means woman. And I don't resonate with that um but I had a last name that wasn't just like some guy my mom was married to and I never met him so I didn't want that on my degree and so McEwen helped me with um getting my name and so I was able to take that but through my all this is to say that 
through McEwen, um, I started to learn more about Tewsbury, or at least hear more about Tewsbury. I wouldn't say that I learned a lot, but what it really meant to be. There's a knowledge carrier at Kewashistan uh, named Roxanne Tatusis. And she's part of OKM, the Indigenous P-Plague. And she was really the, the person I talked to the most about like, what is, is this something that could be for me? What, what do I do? And she has a two-spirit child. Uh, so she was very welcoming and loving and allowing me to talk through my stuff and um, eventually invited me to ceremony. And that was when eventually we got my name. And it was in another ceremony where I was sitting in the sweat lodge. I tell the story all the time because it really was impactful for me. Like I, I'm emotional when I think about it. So sweat lodges are quite dark. You can't really see what's happening inside them. But I'm sitting in the lodge and uh, it was in one of the first rounds out of four rounds. And the elder, um, kind of out of nowhere, the disjointed voice says, like, does anyone have any questions? And I had already submitted my prayers and my protocol. And um, so I didn't really have any intention of asking the question. But it, it was just like, before I knew what was happening, it just flew out of my mouth. And I was like, how do I know if I'm two-spirit? And this is a question that I get asked all the time now in my job. And I remember, like, I just remember him saying, don't concern yourself with that. Like, don't, it was basically like, I don't remember word for word what he said, but I remember the feeling of what he said. And it was like, you're a woman, have babies. And again, I grew up knowing I did not want children. I have like, right from a young age, I was like, oh, does that to your body? Oh, and, and they're loud and they scream all the time. I don't want children. I love the children in my life, but I don't want one for myself. And um, so when he said this, I was just like, I was upset. Uh, and I started crying and I left the round um, and there's four rounds. And so we, there's a break in between each round. So I sat out and I'm crying and my friend is trying to console me. And I'm just like, that was just so awful. Like, am I supposed to just have babies? Like, because I have this like uterus, I'm expected to do this. Like this doesn't feel right. And um, I went back into the lodge and I finished the sweat lodge, but I cried like most of, most of the rounds. Um, and it just kind of hit me. Like it just, I just knew it. Like I came out of that lodge feeling rejuvenated, feeling like I got my answer by crying and sweating. I didn't need that person who might be coming from a place of like not love and not kindness, maybe a place of like misinformation and maybe some homophobia. And I'm not going to say that that out, like I don't want to throw this elder under the bus or anything like that, but um, his words hurt me. And it's something I carry to this day in that I don't ever want another two-spirit person to feel like that, to feel like uh, you're meant to be one thing when really you know that you have a bigger, bolder path. Um, and so that's kind of been my journey is like, accepting that I'm two-spirit and then now accepting that I'm trans and that um you know I might not have body dysphoria with the exception of my uterus low with my uterus um but I I'm I'm proud to say that I'm trans I'm proud to say that I'm two-spirit and that I'm pansexual and that I'm indigenous and that all of those things are not mutually exclusive but they are and it's complicated and messy and um so it's been a journey and I'm still learning uh, I'm grateful that I have knowledge carriers in my life now where I can actually sit with them I mean once the pandemic is done um being able to sh sit and, on, and offer protocol and receive teaching so I was lucky enough to receive a two-spirit song recently um and uh that comes from Leonard Saddleback and passed to me from Gabe Calderon 
so just like so many amazing people in my life now, Elder Ed Labali, getting to know him and his partner Lloyd. Um, so it's it's been a journey, all of the big long answer to say that it's um, been complicated and beautiful and hard and uh, I've loved every step of the way. Yeah, well, thank you for sharing your, a bit of your journey with me. Uh, I'm so glad you mentioned McEwen because that's sort of where uh, I learned that I was non-binary. It was the first point where I knew that that was an option. That was an option for me that I didn't have to. I just resonate very strongly with your story, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And when, once you start learning the language, you're like, hey, I don't have to be in this little box. I'm allowed to step outside of it. And there's actually a box over here for me. And maybe I'm going to erase a couple of the lines and I'm going to make it into a half circle square box. Like, you know, we're just, I think that's the biggest learning for me is that I am beautiful no matter what identity I take on. And um, I just want other people to know that, that like we don't have to conform, especially as Indigenous people, right? Like you yourself as a Métis person probably experience a lot of complex issues around whiteness, around passing, right? And even for me, I'm not a visibly Indigenous person. I don't, I don't think I am. Some people tell me that I am, but I, I wear my braids and I, I wear my pretty little necklace and my beadwork to try and really make myself look Indigenous because sometimes I don't feel like I'm Indigenous enough. Sometimes I don't feel like I'm queer enough or too too spirit enough. So when you start learning these words and realizing that there's community around these words and these identities, that's really uplifting. So it's awesome. So I'm glad that you found that at McEwen because we all deserve that. So what sort of barriers do two spirit people face in this post-colonization society? I mean, homophobia is like the biggest one, right? Um, homophobia, transphobia, those are probably the biggest things because those are also laterally within our own communities as well. So it's not just outside of Indigenous communities, it's um, it's happening on reserve, it's happening in the city. Uh, and a lot of times, you know, our two-spirit kin will um, seek out different spaces to be able to get that support that they need, right? So coming into the city and looking for an organization like E2S to gain some support that they don't have on reserve. So that's a really big one. Um, it also really impacts like our mental health, right? Uh, 2S LGBTQ plus youth in particular are at much greater risk for suicide. Uh, and we're seeing in particular in our community, lots of overdoses um, and other mental health kind of impacts. Uh, and that's not even just related to the pandemic, but the pandemic has really heightened the inequities in our community. Um, and, you know, a lot of the typical things that queer and um, trans folks face. We face racism, we face discrimination, um, ostracization. So it's really about um, trying to educate our community to welcome us back into the circle. Uh, you know, so one of the big things that I think we don't really talk about is like ceremonies. Where do I sit when I go to a ceremony? Uh, do I have to wear a ribbon skirt because I'm a biological female, right? As a two-spirit person, I might feel more comfortable just sitting in the middle and wearing a pair of pants. Um, and some ceremonies, depending on who's running it, um, they might not have some of these teachings. They might not be as inclusive. So um, it can be really difficult for us as two-spirit people to find a place even within our own ceremonies. Yeah, I think that's a, a decent answer. There's a multitude of issues facing two-spirit people, um, but that journey of reconnection is uh, a life-saving effort, but it can also be a bit of a barrier as well, right? So if you don't have access to teachings and culture, how are you gonna receive this information? 
if there are any indigenous people listening who might be questioning whether or not they might be two spirit or anybody who currently identifies as two spirit, what would you like to say to them? I love you. Like, honestly, I just love you so much. And I see you. I may not physically see you right now and I'm emotional seeing it, but you're valid. You're loved. You have space in ceremony. You have space on this land, in community, and you're welcomed. And we welcome you with open arms. Please come join us um, when you're ready and when you're able, uh, because not everybody is in that spot. And I'm crying now. They call me crying for a reason. Um, it, but really, uh, we see you and it's going to be okay. It's not always going to be easy. Um, and breaking down barriers within our own Indigenous communities is really hard. Uh, but I'm proud of you no matter where you are in your journey. And I just hope that uh, when you're ready to reach out to us for some support or find another elder or knowledge carrier in your community um, that can guide you in a, in a good way and um, be gentle with yourself, because you're awesome. <laughs> this is the things that I needed to hear, you know what I mean? Like when I think of myself as a youth living on the streets and struggling with meth addiction and unhoused, um, I just needed people to tell me that they loved me and they cared for me. And, and I was lucky enough that I got that. I got that from the Boyle Street Education Center. I got that from um, different community organizations. And that, that's what inspires my work now. Uh, I really just want to always be there for somebody who might need it because there were people that were there for me. And um, the biggest thing I needed to know was that I'm not, I'm, it's not my fault that the things that happened to me happened. And it's like not a mistake that I'm alive. Um, and that I'm going to do good things. And so I think other people sometimes need to hear that too, is that like, it's not your fault. You're okay, you're valid and you're loved and you're beautiful. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about or expand on that I haven't asked you or maybe just anything you'd like to expand on that I have asked you? If people are looking to learn more, they can contact us and reach out. And if people are looking for direct support, like if you're a Two-Spirit, um, person or a parent or loved one of a two-spirit person you're not really sure um, please just call and email us um, or you can even text me um, and we'll get you the support that you need whether that be through a knowledge carrier or through myself or my colleagues excellent well Cheyenne thank you very much for sharing a bit of your journey with me and about what you do at the Edmonton Two-Spirit Society thank you so much hi 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 That was Cheyenne Miko Kihu, the community liaison for the Edmonton Two-Spirit Society, talking with me about two-spirit identities. Thanks again, Cheyenne, for sharing a bit of your story with me and with our listeners. I had a great time in our interview, and I'm looking forward to seeing what the E2S does next. A reminder that for the remainder of the month of June, if you purchase any Lance Cardinal-designed mask or belt from Unbelts, an Edmonton-based belt company, a portion of those proceeds goes directly to the Edmonton Two-Spirit Society. Also, the designs, they're pretty cool, so check that out if you're in the market for a cool new belt or mask. Also, the Edmonton Two-Spirit Society recently released a three-part video series called Two-Spirit Knowing. It's hard to describe, but the series is very affirming and informative, and it gives a lot of insight into what it means to be Two-Spirit. 
I won't lie, I shed a couple tears myself when I watched this series, but it was, again, a very affirming experience for me. And heck, it, it might just be one for you too. So if you're interested in checking out Two-Spirit Knowing, you can find a link on the Edmonton Two-Spirit Society's Facebook page, at Edmonton Two-Spirit Society, with the number two. Now, while everyone's gender discovery journey is a bit different, I related a lot to Cheyenne when it came to the whole realizing you didn't have to live your life in a box thing. Uh, I don't think I've talked about it before on air, but I'm non-binary, and as I mentioned in the interview, I learned that about myself when I was attending McEwen University. In my first or second year, I had actually taken a very informative psych course, I think it was Psych 104 or 105, and one day in class we learned about all the different gender and sexual identities that are out there. Mind you, I grew up in a pretty rural community and our sex ed was not the best by any means. So when I went to university in Edmonton, that was my first real exposure to the idea that there were other options out there than just being the gender you were assigned at birth. Learning the term non-binary and what it meant was nothing short of life-changing for me. I won't lie though, it's not been all sunshine and daisies. I've still got people in my life who haven't quite gotten on board and might not ever fully understand, but after lots of support from my friends and quite a bit of therapy, I'm pretty proud to be who I am. And while my journey was pretty rough for a very long time, I've been doing much better since I came out and I'm looking forward to the future. I mean, here I am right now, just a few years later, out and proud on the radio. It's a very good feeling. So if anyone else is out there currently questioning their gender or their sexuality, or maybe you're thinking about coming out, I'm proud of you. You're walking a difficult but very important path, and I wish you luck. <laughs> Sorry if that got a little bit sappy, listeners, but what is Gaywire? If not a place where a bunch of queer folk can talk about being queer to an audience of other queer folk, probably not much. <laughs> so we've got one more special little tidbit to share with you before our time is up tonight, and that is the story of a queer hero. A queero, if you will. This Queero's tale is told by our very own Bethany Godreau. Here's today's Queero, a queer hero. Leslie Feinberg's first novel, Stone Butch Blues, is held as essential reading for queers. The novel, which won the Lambda Literary Award, tells the story of Jess Goldberg, a transgender individual growing up in a conservative town in New York and discovering the gay community in Buffalo during the 1970s and 80s. Despite popular belief, the fictional work is not autobiographical. Many queers have found solace and avenues for solidarity in Feinberg's works of fiction and nonfiction in their social justice workers' rights and trans activism. Uh, 
Ah, the story of Feinberg, yet another queer hero. And with that, our work here is done. So that's it for our episode this week. Thanks for listening to this special Achimowin crossover edition of Gaywire. Big thanks to our interview guest this week, Cheyenne Miko Kihu, community liaison for the Edmonton Two-Spirit Society, for sharing a bit of their journey with me and for talking a bit about Two-Spirit identities. Credit for today's show goes to our segment producer, Bethany Godro, our producers, Alex Shiro, Ash Helinda, Caden Peasley, Jao Victor Krieger, Terrence Adams, and myself, Shayna Giles. Gaywire is a production of CJSR 88.5 FM in Edmonton, Alberta. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you download podcasts. You can also find us online at gaywire.transistor.fm, and on Facebook and Twitter at Gaywire and at GaywireCJSR on Instagram. Let us know what you're thinking. Hit up our DMs sometime, or if you'd rather be fancy. You can also email gaywire at cjsr.com and let us know what you think of the show. Our artwork is by Travis Erickson, and our original music is by Doug Hoyer and Katherine Hiltz. Until next week, please stay on the line.